Welcome to Chinuch Today. I am your host, Rabbi Yerachmiel Garfield. Please join me as we highlight innovative ideas and inspiring people from the world of Chinuch. Hello and welcome to Chinuch Today Podcast Season 2. So thrilled to share those words after we finished our successful inaugural season. Now we are off to Season 2 with wonderful guests and great ideas in Chinuch, as always, and very excited to be able to provide a very diverse um, array of presentations and different types of people and different stages and, and areas in Chinuch. We have some really great interviews prepared, and I'm looking forward to launching those. This particular one today is so important, and it touches upon some of the most basic ways of expanding and growing the quality and excellence in our Chinuch system. So I'm thankful that you're joining us for it. I also want to mention that over the summer, I was so heartened to see that two new Chinuch podcasts opened up. And as anyone in Chinuch knows, that we embrace competition. We don't even call it competition. We embrace others. And as those in Chinuch know, we always embrace partnership and other people who are doing things because it raises all boats. So I'm thrilled about this. One is a colleague, Dr. Chaim Batwanik. I don't know him yet personally, but he seems to be such a thoughtful educational leader who has really great things to say. And his podcast is called Chinuch Horizons. Check it out. He's up to episode four, and he's really talking about very important and meaningful uh, topics uh, in the Chinuch space. And of course, Torah Masora has started as well with something called Chinuch Bites. So take a look at that. Chinuch Bites by Torah Masora, which is found on Podbean. They've interviewed some great Mechanchim and Mechanchos. One of them is a dear friend of mine, Rabbi Yaakov Open. So make sure to check out these two new Chinuch podcasts as the landscape of Chinuch podcasts continues to grow which I believe is a reflection of all of us striving for greatness and striving for excellence as we improve our Chinuch system through dialogue. So without further ado, please enjoy episode one of season two of Chinuch Today podcast. Continue spreading the good word about this podcast and the others. And thank you for joining us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chinuch Today. This is Yerachmiel Garfield. And today we are going to explore one of the great ironies of education. And that is how ineffective schools of education, formal universities, are at preparing our teachers. This is not a concept that's unique to the Jewish community. In fact, if you look at people who go through programs, university programs that are aimed at preparing teachers, you will find this great disconnect between the training and the practice. And it's a very bizarre kind of thing because you would think that those schools, which are schools of education, would be perfectly suited to prepare educators. But unfortunately, very often there's a tremendous disconnect and uh, the classes and the readings and the focus of the programs are very theoretical. But when it comes to actual day-to-day in the classroom, it's very much wanting. As a result of that, programs have been developed around the country to close that gap. One of those programs we are gonna explore today, which is called the Jewish New Teacher Project, It was originally developed as a teacher training program, and with the need and a purely organic development, as you will hear in this interview, there developed the principal component of it. And when you 
reflect on what would make a really good principal training program. I'm sure everyone listening to this has an idea of what a great principal is, what are their skills, what are their abilities. And besides the interpersonal component, which is huge, but to a large degree innate, the actual skills come down to understanding the educational process and what great teaching looks like in a classroom. I remember when I was lucky enough to participate in such a training, which was put on by Rabbi David Bernstein of Torah Masora in a training program called Yusud Mala, which is Torah Masora's flagship training for principals. So he started the first uh, session. It was a two, three-year program. But the first session he said, you know, look at all the behaviors that a principal does. And he had a whole big chart with all the different components relating to the schedule and the busing and the fire drills and um, responding to parents and supplies and furniture and building. I mean, everything that a principal could be involved in. He said, like, what are the most essential and impactful components on children? And based on research and reflection, he said, it's ensuring quality engagement in the classroom. That ultimately, the primary job and role of a principal is to make sure and to do everything one can to support quality education in the classroom. And then he went on to say, but how do we ensure that if we ourselves don't have a clear image of that? And the term training, which changed my life, frankly, gave us a framework for great education, for understanding the essential elements of instruction using Madeline Hunter's model, and then how to communicate, how to use that as a shared language and a shared vision and communicate that with teachers. So that was the uh, training that I went through that was really impactful. And similarly, the training we're about to explore today follows that model where some wonderful educators and experienced educators sat down and said, what are the critical elements they identified three, which we'll talk about supervision and leadership and culture, and they developed curriculum around those with a partnership of mentorship. And one of the things that makes this program so impactful is it's being done at the time that the person is actually experiencing it. So unlike a lot of college programs which happen in a laboratory of a classroom but could be very disconnected from reality, this is connected. The program, the teachings, and the mentorship are all happening while the student is an administrator, is going through the experiences. And what I've heard is that it's a wonderful program, and you'll be able to hear in this interview with Rabbi Dr. Mori Grimenau how the program developed and how impactful it is. So it's an honor to introduce you to one of the programs that's really training our principals and you will hear about the great hope that it brings that people who go through it will be ready to really have tremendous impact on our schools. It's a wonderful honor to welcome Rabbi Dr. Mari Gribbenau, who is the co-lead for the Jewish New Teacher Project, referred to as the JNTP, Administrator Support Program. Welcome, Mari. Thank you so much, Rabbi Garfield. It's a pleasure to be here. I understand you're in Dallas, is that correct? That is correct. We so are. What's it like? What's it like living community. in the second coolest city in Texas? Uh, you bring up the rivalry. You don't want to start. <laughs> Everyone knows the coolest awesome. city in Texas. Well, we'll move on. We'll discuss that at a later date. 
So you have a really cool organization, the Jewish New Teacher Project. Anyone who doesn't know much about it, like me, are, I'm very curious to learn about it. And also the Administrator Support Program as an administrator also sounds fascinating to me, and I can't wait to learn more about that as well. But let's take a moment and hear how you got into Chinuch, where did you grow up, and how did your road lead you to this? Okay, sure. Uh, so I grew up in New Jersey, going to Jewish day schools, and I actually really enjoyed math, and that was my plan. Plan A was uh, I went to Yeshiva University, I majored in math, and I was I was starting to uh, look for work and, and started to work as an actuary. And uh, I pretty quickly realized that something was missing, didn't feel like this was really uh, exactly what I wanted to be doing. I ended up going back to Eretz Yisrael for a year, and I was only slightly older than the the year one and year two, the Shana Aleph and Shana Bed students, but it uh, it really put me in a position where I was in some ways teaching. You know, I was the older guy who they would ask questions to, and it it, it put me in a position where I had to know the material that much better than them. Um, and I what I found was I really enjoyed it. Hmm. And when I came back to finish up college, I only had a little, little bit left, and my initial plan was to kind of jump into working. I said, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start smicha, maybe I'll. I'll learn a little more. And, and it kept bugging me kind of in, in my mind that maybe I should consider teaching. And uh, I had a friend who was at the time was teaching in MTA. And I said, how would you like to have a free teacher's assistant? And he said, what teacher is going to turn that down? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I would I would go you know once a week, twice a week. I would go uh, up to his class and just help out and just uh, be in the class. And at the same time, I started taking an education class. And uh, slowly, slowly, I kind of said, "Okay, you know what? I think I think I'm going to change tracks here." And uh, and then I I, I went into uh, education. Wow, wow, two wows. One wow is for the modality of work, the difference between an actuary and a teacher. You're talking about someone sitting with numbers, computers, and and basically their own mind, versus someone who's interacting with all sorts of kids who do whatever whatever they want in their own mind. Right. I, I can't think of a more different profession. You know? Yeah, d- definitely differences. I, I, was, I was lucky enough to have somebody who had made exactly that transition in the Jewish uh, community, was an actuary, and then went uh, from being an actuary to being a teacher. And I, I, I have spoken over with him quite a bit and mm-hmm. uh, heard about his experiences. But I think that was the part that was missing from me. I, I liked the work. It was, it was pretty solitary. Yeah. So this missing something in terms of, you no, know, like really interacting with people a little bit more, and uh, having kind of an exciting environment where there are things that are going on and happening and talking with people. So I, I really was happy with my uh, with my choice and my decision and uh, really, really grew from there. The second wow was the financial difference between being an actuary and a Jewish educator. Did you consider that? Was that was your mother or father like, listen, Mari, it's a very nice idea, but <laughs> an actuary pays the bills. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great it's a great question, and I think my parents were very supportive, and they wanted me to follow my dream and do what I wanted to do. But it's interesting because I actually spoke to a young man in college who was not making the same decision, but he's he's thinking about chenach, and uh, he was asking me different questions. I was trying to advise him, and the last question he asked me was exactly that. He said, he "said one last question: How do I convince my parents that I'm not going to be a pauper for the rest of my life?" Right. 
So I, th- I think we we face that challenge, a real challenge. You have young people. We know the pipeline issues and how hard it is to to try to get people to go into Chinuch and to remain in Chinuch. And I think that's a, it's a real challenge for us that, that people are definitely thinking about. Even people who are willing to go into Chinuch, how can we make it more financially something that really is going to work for them, uh, raising families in the Jewish community? You know, I have to say, I, I think that's something very admirable about you because for a lot of people, it's theoretical. Like for me, I really never invested in any other career sufficiently that I could say, well, if I didn't want it to be in education, I could have done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, in theory, that's true. I could have theoretically gone to law school or medical school or whatever else I would have done with my time. But you actually had it in your hand. Actuary, the, the skills to be an actuary, you, you, you know, you pass those tests, you're either suited to it. And if you had it in your hand, it's a very real decision to say, well, I'm going to give that up and go into Chinuch. Thank you. Yishikayach to you for committing your life to to the Jewish people um, in that way. So um, after MTA, did you? I know you ended up in Dallas in a Chinuch role. Where did you live and what kind of Chinuch roles did you play until until now? Well, after I got married, finished Micha and then got married, and we pretty soon ended up in Dallas, which what we thought was going to be a little hop for us, a short hop that was a... A YU Kolel um, that was here where the model was you taught and uh, you also learned and you also did some community things. And we enjoyed that a lot. We thought we would be here for two years, but we ended up really enjoying it and uh, decided to, after those two years, to go full time teaching at the high school. Um, and that's what I was doing and slowly started to add different things, did Israel guidance mm-hmm. and uh, was responsible for some of the professional development for some of the other other teachers and uh, then decided that like I wanted to do a little more I was really ready for my first real administrative position and uh, and that as, as sometimes happens involved a move and we moved to Northern California to uh, lived in Palo Alto and there was a school out there in Sunnyvale California and I was principal there for three years the South Peninsula Hebrew Day School, I believe. Yes, that is exactly right. I am South familiar with that. Perry Tershwell. Shout out to Perry Tershwell. Yes, exactly. Well, always a pleasure to speak with uh, with Perry Tershwell. It's a very unique school. You can have, you can have a whole podcast just on the South Peninsula Hebrew Day School for sure. But I was there for three years, and then uh, I was still in touch with the people here in, in, in Dallas, and I was invited to come back as the principal of the high school, a co-ed high school here. Uh, which was the same place that I was, but a uh, very different position. And we were very excited to to come back to Dallas. And that was that was back in 2015. So mm. we uh, we were in Dallas, I think, for seven years before that. And now uh, we've been in Dallas wow. for, for a, a while after that, too. I was the general studies principal. I was Judaic studies principal. I was both. <laughs> um, and then uh, a few years ago, I went back to school to get my doctorate. And I think we actually had a conversation at that time. I was reaching out to different people who I'd seen did the same thing. And your 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 research on uh, heads of school, how they're uh, how they're assessed, was was, was very interesting. And I, my focus was actually not on heads of school as much, but more on, on principals, kind of the people who are on the ground overseeing the education, overseeing the the teachers, and what are their experiences when they start out. Because my my experience had been that I kind of figured it out as I went, that I was just dropped in day one and your head of, head of school says, you know, you need to hire a second grade teacher. And in my head, I'm thinking, 
I have no idea how to hire anybody. I've never done that in my life. I don't know how to do that. But you don't you don't say that to your boss. You say, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to no hire problem. a second teacher. So uh, that was my experience. And I was just wondering, I was curious. And I, I felt also that a lot of growth that I had in those first couple of years and like pretty tough growth. Like you really just have to kind of figure it out. It's sink or swim. And uh, and I, I did my research in that. And I found that, you know, my experience was very common. That, that really both in terms of the experience and also in terms of like, what are the skills that you really need to be successful? And, you know, I, I, in, in doing that work, I was also starting to think about next steps of what I really want to do. And I came out uh, when I finished my doctorate thinking, okay, you know, I, I need to create a program that's really going to support these administrators. So people don't have to have the same experience that I had and that uh, the subjects of my study had where you just kind of sink or swim. And uh, what I was, I was excited to find that uh, that JNTP had had beat me to the punch, and had created a program. It's about uh, ten years old now. I think next year is the eleventh year. That really aligned with what I had found, with what I believed was what was most helpful through my own experience as a principal for ten years. Um, and I was very excited to uh, to join. So I started my first year doing it very part time while I was still principaling, and then I said, "This is the real deal." And uh, I have to put all my energies into this. And uh, that was two two years ago. I went uh, full time to to join uh, Fagi Safra Novogroder, who started the program, mm. and uh, join her in, in leading this program for administrators. Amazing. Go back to your dissertation. First of all, where did you get your doctorate from? Is that from Yeshiva University? Or? Northeastern University Northeastern. In, in Boston. And what was your I thesis? was in Texas, and, and you will understand that uh, it was it was mostly was online. But some of it was in person, and it was far easier to go to Boston for a week in the summer than it was to go to Texas A and M for a week in the summer. When you think about Kashras and everything else, it was right. just it was not it was not even not even a question when I started to look into. It. I remember like when I was uh, researching which college to go to for my doctorate. Like there are a lot of things you keep into consideration, not only the quality of the program, although that's important, but there's a lot of practical aspects to it because so many people, unfortunately, do everything you know all but dissertation. And you don't want to be in that position. So you really need to make sure that the program is going to work, you know, and uh, yeah, that was like true. a big focus of mine from the beginning is to actually finish. Probably we spoke about that. So tell me about your, your research. So you, um, you interviewed early administrators. So the way I went about it, because I wanted my, my research bore out and I, and I kind of knew going in that if you try to talk to people when they're in the middle of their first year, it's very hard for them to really describe what's going on because they're in the middle of being completely right. overwhelmed and they're certainly not going to be able to describe what they do that help them be successful because they're not even sure if they are successful yet. Uh, so what I did was I added that we did a retrospective study. So I talked to people who had been in the in the position of principal for five to seven years and they talked about what it was like their their, their first year or two. So that that kind of gave enough distance from those years for them to be able to to talk knowledgeably about this here was my first year, and now I'm, I'm still in the field. I'm still doing this. How many I, subjects I, did you interview? We end up with 10, 10 subjects. Okay. So it was like a qualitative study of those 10 and, and their experiences, essentially. Right, exactly. A qualitative study, and it's like a, a narrative uh, narrative study of what, you know, composite of, of these 10. Uh, what are the themes? What are, what are, what are we and hearing? And what are the that? top three things that come to mind, you know, that you – I'm sure there was more, but like, what are some of the main findings? Um, I'll say two things. One is that 
a lot of the experience of new principles in Jewish day schools mirrors the experience of new principles in general. There's a you know, reasonable oh. amount of research out there. There's not that much that's focused on Jewish day schools. So it's kind of, you know, almost like overlapping circles. So there's a lot that's the same, the sense of being totally overwhelmed and uh, not prepared for this and uh, some of the other challenges. And there are also challenges that are more unique to Jewish day schools. Like if you think about, for example, because you're you're in a very different position in the public school principal. So, you know, they're not going to shore with the with their uh, the people who are, who are in the school with them. They, they're able to separate out a their spiritual life from their you know, from, from their job. And also it just gives them a little bit of distance. And, you know, especially those of us who are like in da- Dallas and Houston, et cetera, there's, there's wonderful things, wonderful pieces to that to really be able to be a, you know, a role model and, and a mechanic and have your students know you as a, as a parent and as a, as a spouse and as a community member. But, uh, but it also creates unique challenges as well. So I think that's one piece is that there, there's similarities and there are also uniquenesses in terms of those challenges. And then I think what struck me most and it really struck a chord with me is in terms of the skills that, um, that make principles successful, it was not as borne out in the research. The research talks a lot about many different kinds of skills and there's you know, ma- general management skills that are true of managing any organization, school or otherwise. Then there is educational leadership skills that are particular to running a school. Um, and what I didn't find as much in the research, but really came out very clearly uh, from my research, was that it, the ability to manage others is very important, but the ability to manage yourself is actually more important. Your time and keeping top, keeping on Your top of... And uh, also, uh, right, communication and just being able to kind of recognize that, that you know, I didn't use this language in my in my research for sure, but it's almost like musser. You know, it, it it's recognizing what are the areas that uh, that are that are not working so well for you when when you're having people come and complaining about this or angry parents or whatever it is, right. you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling you know how are you able to handle those situations and 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 it's something that you have to learn because you don't walk into the position even if uh, even if you've been the best teacher in the world, but it's, it's different skill set managing adults and it's different, you know, you, you've dealt with parents as a teacher and now all of a sudden you're dealing with parents as an administrator and it's, this is different. You think, I, I thought I knew these parents and all of a sudden now that I'm the, uh, the principal that they're talking to, the head of school they're talking to, this is a, it's a very different conversation, yeah. a very different tone. Beautiful. Tell us, what is the Jewish uh, New Teacher Project? Before we get to the administrator support program part, like I'm not familiar with that organization. I mean, I've heard a little about it, but tell us what it is. And sure. So we actually just celebrated our 20th anniversary this oh, year. Cool. It's very exciting. The it initially started the the Jewish New Teachers Project is actually part of a larger uh, secular organization called New Teacher Center. And New Teacher Center has been around for a while. They work mostly with large public school districts. And uh, they do a lot of teacher training, direct teacher training, or they'll coach principals. They, a lot, a lot of that work. And about about twenty years ago, they uh, they were doing a lot of work with training met, training veteran teachers to mentor newer teachers, because the the research shows, not surprisingly, we, we lose a lot of our teachers in the first few years. That's when people leave the profession. They said it's too hard. It's not for me. Um, and they, they move on. But if you get them the support that they need and you get them mentoring, they're much more likely to stay, much more likely to be successful. So New Teacher Center was really doing that work. 
um, of training you know, going into districts and then training some of the veteran teachers to be those mentors for those new teachers. And Avichai at the time, the Avichai Foundation was looking for different areas of best practice that they saw in the in, in, outside of the Jewish day school system and to try to bring that work into the Jewish day school system. So they approached New Teacher Center and said, you know, this is great work. We, we would appreciate this model in Jewish day schools. Would you be willing to do it in Jewish day schools? And they said, if you're if you're saying you're going to fund it, we, we're absolutely willing. And that that's how Jewish New Teacher Project was born about 20 years ago. And that was the main focus. The main focus was to do exactly that support in Jewish day schools, which continues until today. Um, some support of new teachers, but also really that's focused on training somebody internally so that it's not this, the, the, we're not an organization where we're offering to uh, support your new teachers. We're saying we can help you as a school to create internal support for your new teachers that you retain. You retain this uh, this talent in, in, in your building um, and you have this ability to offer these leadership opportunities for, for your teachers. And then 10 years after that, schools started approaching JNTP and saying, you know, this is, we love this program. This is a great program. We've had a number of teachers go through. We have these vet, veteran teachers who are mentor teachers now. Uh, we just hired a new administrator. What do you have for them? And uh, after enough requests, so uh, my my co-lead, Feige Safran Overgroder, started to, she was herself a former administrator. And she said, okay, this is a need and I need to create something. And she started first just coaching these new administrators without a formal program. Um, and as as she continued and as they came back and said, wow, that was great. Let's do another year of this. Um, and then she was originally approached. I think Baltimore was the first cohort. They said, we love the work you're doing. We actually have a group. Would you come and do uh, an entire group? And then said, let's do year two of that group. And they said, that was great. We have another cohort now. We have so many schools. We are, we're, we're already ready to do it again. And then it was Chicago and New York. And at this point, Post-COVID, we have a national cohort, people across the country and in Canada, who are all together in, uh, in a cohort, and they get one-on-one coaching as well as, um, as, 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 well as workshops in, in a lot of different areas. Is it a, a nonprofit? That, yes. And the principal part, the Administrative Support Program, is it following the new teacher center's administrative support stuff? Like the teacher part seems to be mimicking what they were doing, maybe adapted to the Jewish school. Is the admin one also mimicking a program or it's the creation of your leader? We definitely utilize their their research. One One of the benefits of being part of it is that they have a whole research and development wing and they definitely have a lot of good uh, material and things that uh, are, are really to support administrators. And uh, we've tried to take it, add to it, mm-hmm. to, you know, at this point also after 10 years, 160 different administrators have been through the program. So we, we have a lot of, of, of data ourselves. We have a lot of knowledge ourselves in terms of what is successful. And we're, we're a little bit obsessed as an organization with feedback. So we're constantly asking for feedback on what we're doing and what would make it better. Um, so we've, we've really taken some from them and some, you know, we've a- added it as well. And, uh, and we're always, always trying to make the program better, better and better to make sure we're, we're really supporting administrators in the best way we can. Beautiful. Most of the people who go through your training have advanced degrees, probably master's degrees in education. Would you say that's the case? Um, some of them, I would say. Uh, we actually have a very broad population. So we work with schools from 
know, more Haredi schools, Chabad schools, to non-Orthodox schools, to even community day schools. So depending on the population, um, sometimes you have somebody who's, you know, let's say in a little bit more of a yeshiva school where the model might be there's a new general studies principal who themselves maybe doesn't even have a general studies degree. They're just somebody who has some administrative experience or, you know, they're, they're a great teacher and they're a Rebbe in the morning and they're the general studies principal in the afternoon. Uh, where where they certainly probably will not have that so the degree you're mentioning, and other times we'll be talking about somebody who's you no, know, they're a career educator and they've they've gotten their master's in education. Maybe they've even gotten their master's in uh, in administration, um, and and now they're joining the program. So it's definitely it definitely is the mix. I wonder if the training that you do is much more impactful than a standard master's, even in administration and education, because it's so. Um, curated for the needs of this group. I'm wondering if you get feedback like this program was so much better than my master's, or even better than a doctorate, because of how how focused in it is on what is actually needed. Right. I mean, the, the word I'm going to use is practical, and it's interesting because in, in my doctorate, before I got to the research phase, you know, in one of the classes we had to do like a mini research project to practice uh, interviewing people and those techniques. And I actually decided to do mine within Dallas. I interviewed three different administrators. And uh, one of the questions that I talked about with them was they had uh, they had gotten master's, you know, or one of them had even a doctorate. And I said, you know, how, how much did that help prepare you for the role? And all three of them said it was great, but it didn't prepare me at all for the role. It was like right. not very interesting, but, but it wasn't particularly practical. Um, so I, I think that's true. And it's, it's actually interesting because new teacher center in general, actually started, and, and they're much older than 20 years, but they started because of that. What happened was that there was a graduate school out of uh, out of California, Northern California, and they uh, the person who was running the graduate school was finding that they had a graduate school of education, and they were training teachers and then putting them out in the field, and all the graduates kept coming back and saying, we loved everything, it was so amazing. But now we actually started teaching. We realized like we have so many other questions. We have so many things that like, yeah, it sounded great when you said it in the classroom and we wrote it down, but now that's not working at all. And like, well, we have this other problem that we didn't even deal with. We didn't, we didn't know enough to ask. And so, uh, so she started creating this, you know, we, okay, we, we need more support for our teachers after they get the degree and, and when they're actually doing it, you know, when right. they're actually, uh, and that's how new teacher center actually began. So there's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot to that, that, you know, we're very focused on giving tools and protocols and language that are really going to help principals and teachers on the teacher side do what they need to do, mentor, and on the principal side, really have those conversations with teachers, help teachers to improve their practice. And uh, it is very, very practical. We try to, you know, it's always hard because getting out of the building as, a, as an administrator is really difficult. So anytime you're trying to get out of the building to, to learn things, um, you know you have to, and you know it's important. We try to be very respectful of their times. So we pack it in with all kinds of very, very practical uh, pieces, and we also try not just to throw a lot of information at uh, at people, which is some sometimes the case in uh, you know master's program or a doctoral program. As you learn all kinds of interesting things, but it's a little bit divorced from the practical. And one of the things that we try to focus on is that we'll present some idea, or present some tool, and then how are you going to use this tool in your school so that when you leave that training, you're ready to do it the next day. Not not think wow. about how you might do it when you get back to this goal. Amazing. 
Is there any criteria to get in? Is there like a certain test you have to take or an interview process or what's involved? So well, it, it's a good question. So what we do actually, and we get this question a lot, we'll say like, how do I apply? Um, and we actually do not have an application process because we will, rather than just, you know, have it be something where oh, let's see if you get in, let's see if you don't get in. We really want to make sure that the the program is the right fit for each and every person. So it's uh, it's very time consuming. But what we do is we actually, any person who's interested, we meet with them, really fully explain the program. We make sure that they're, the right fit. Sometimes we get people who say, you know, I'm really interested in this program. I'm not an administrator yet. So say, no, that, that, that's, that, that's not the right fit for you. We really need somebody who's already mm-hmm. who's, who's doing it. Sometimes we have somebody who's an administrator, but they're not really overseeing any teachers. They're not supervising anybody and say, you know, it's such a focus on the program. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to be in the program if you're not uh, supervising. Um, or sometimes we have somebody who says, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, but all this stuff sounds great. I'd love to learn it. And you say, also, you know what? We The program is designed for people who are newer to supervision in year one, year two, year three of supervising. And we design the whole program that way. And that's how everything is is uh, is packaged. And it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to make sense for you because some, some of those things are just not going to be uh, relevant for you. Although right now we're, we're, we are working on a parallel program for veteran uh veteran educators and administrators that would really just focus on the supervision piece and, and kind of take it away from all the other pieces that, that new principals need. Uh, but to answer your, your question, so I, I, we meet with each individual person who's interested and also their supervisor. We meet with their head of school or, or whoever, whoever is their supervisor to make sure they understand the program, answer all the questions. And if everybody agrees that this is a good fit and this is the right move, then we uh, we move forward and welcome them in. Amazing. And what's the commitment? It's a year and they meet once a month or what does it look like? Good question. So it's a two-year program, Mm -hmm. cohort-based. So you're traveling through the program with a cohort of about 25 or so other administrators from across the country. And we get together, we we do a mix um, of some of the workshops we have in person. We get together, we had eight eight touch points the first year. So we get together for a day. Once we get together for two days before school begins, uh, the rest of them are on uh, on Zoom, and uh, we have that. That's one significant piece, and the other is the individual uh, coaching sessions that they get with our coach. Got it. Is it uh, modules of different topics that you cover, like month by month, or how does the information get disseminated? Yeah, so it, it's definitely a scope and sequence that we've thought a lot about in terms of what's the most appropriate for year one, and what are the things that we cover in year two, it really centers around three main buckets. Uh, One is supervision, as we were talking about, like to really give them the tools to know how to go into a classroom and collect data. How do you figure out what to look for in the classroom? How do you capture that in a way that's going to facilitate a conversation with the teacher? And how do you have that feedback conversation with the teacher? What's the way that's going to be effective in terms of actually moving the teacher's practice forward. So that's a big piece of it. And the other two buckets as leadership, which is really flows through everything that that, that we do, but really that for a new administrator, that is a a real challenge. How do they see themselves as an authority? How do others see them as an authority? Uh, It's very, very new for them, especially if they're moving up within the same school, which happens all the time, where you have somebody who had previously existing relationships with these teachers. They were, you know, they were peers, they were friends. And now all of a sudden, oh no, now I'm the boss. How do I deal with that? How do they deal with that? How does that look? Mm. Um, and the final one is culture. 
which is also very, very important, whether you're moving up within the same school, so you're familiar with the culture, but you're starting to think about how maybe you want to tweak the culture or change the culture, or if you're entering a new school in your position where everything, you're just drinking from the fire hose, everything is new, and you've got to really understand what what is the culture? How do I understand what's the school culture? What's the staff culture? What's my vision for what the school culture or staff culture should be? And how do I get from, from point A to point B? Wow, amazing. Um, you know, I definitely could see how those these three buckets are critical. On the supervision one, you know, going back to some of the work I did as a in, in my doctorate, looking at the supervision of heads of schools, supervision in general is a real hard nut to crack because I remember a statistic in the public school system it was like ninety eight percent of teachers who are evaluated get A pluses because mm-hmm. no one wants to mess, no one wants to take on the conflict that exists in the high stakes feedback when you give someone a low grade. And um, so not that it has to be a grading system in that way. That's so in your face. I imagine that's not how you do it, but it is hard to do proper supervision. And it's such a critical aspect of of school management. Right. That's very true. I mean, the research definitely does show, you know, the biggest difference for whether or not students are are going to grow and how much they're going to get out of school is, is the quality of their teacher. And the biggest the biggest lever in terms of quality of teacher really is exactly that that, that supervision. And uh, philosophically, we totally agree with what you're saying. You know, we, you know that that the supervision of the teacher is a coaching model. It's it's really not um, an evaluative that we're just evaluating the teacher. And every time the teacher sees the principal walk in, they say, "Oh gosh, now I'm gonna you know my report card's coming in." Um, but being able to create in such a way where you're really supporting the teacher and the teacher feels that uh, and the teacher is what we find is that they literally look forward to that because there's there's not that many people that can really appreciate the work that goes into teaching. The students don't really appreciate how much the teacher prepares. Uh, the parents certainly do not understand what goes into it. But we actually do. The administrators, we we do understand it. We were we were in their shoes and, and we we get it. So when you're able to really take the time to sit with a teacher and say, Hey, I noticed what you did in the classroom over there. Let's talk about that. Um, what ends up happening is that they really, really appreciate that because that's, it's the biggest thank you. You can say thank you and we appreciate you, but when they see you actually taking your time um, and, and really helping them in a way and trying to help them move forward, being that second pair of eyes in their classroom, it really is uh, it's really, really very appreciated. Yeah. I think teachers sometimes feel like they work in a silo, you know, because right. No one else really knows what, like you said, no one knows what they're doing or appreciates what they put into it. And um, just, you know, saying thank you is nice, but saying thank you for the way you prepared that lesson with such a engaging game or hook is a whole different level of thank you. Right. Do you have any um, research or a way that you evaluate the efficacy of your program? Do you have, um, you know, it'd be hard to measure. I'm not sure exactly how you would, but I suspect right. if anyone is doing it, it would be you guys. So. It's a good question. I mean, we definitely do try to, first of all, just get the the feedback both from the participants and also from the the, the their supervisors, the heads of school who are enrolling them in the program. And um, we offer a lot of opportunities for for that feedback to try and, and get exactly that. I think another way that we try to measure it is, you know, do they stay in the profession? Do they do they remain uh, administrators? Do they feel successful? Um, but one the other piece that's also a little a little challenging, and we hear this all the time, is that you know 
as somebody says, not, it's not really a, like an experiment, right? I don't have like, I, I, I didn't clone my administrator and then well, I drop them in without your program and I drop them with your program. I see the difference the program makes. So a lot of times when we'll talk to the supervisor, they'll say, oh, wow, tremendous, amazing, unbelievable growth. You're definitely doing something well. Can I parse it out and tell you, you know, th- this is due to the program and this is not due to the program? That that becomes a little harder. So, you know, th- there are definitely some who do tell us that. There are some that say the participant is talking about what they're learning at every staff, at every leadership meeting that we have. Every time we have a leadership meeting, they pull out another uh, another tool that they that, that they learned with you guys, or they talk about this uh, this this piece that you mentioned in the coaching session. But a lot of times it's it, it, it not so it's not so easy to to, to, to track it as you're who, saying. Who are your coaches and how do you train them? It's a great question. So, um, all all of our coaches are people who themselves have, have been administrators previously, mm-hmm. and uh, this this is actually it's a it's a very recent question for us because Fagi really was it was a one woman operation for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I joined Fagi three years ago, and uh, it was a little, little bit you know. Training myself in, in a certain sense is definitely a lot of the uh, parallel skills to coaching teachers is then coaching the administrator, but they're also new skills. I spent a lot of time in the first two years really doing some research on that and what are the best practices for for leadership coaching. Um, and then this year we uh, we just had like an explosion of interest. So if in the past you know we'd had about twenty in a, a cohort, we had forty five people. 45 new administrators this year who uh, who wanted support. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to create two cohorts and and increase our staff. So we brought on two more coaches, but there were people who were already in the organization uh, who had administrative experience and were definitely already very schooled in JNTP and all of the uh, all the material that we use and, uh, and a lot of how we do it. So we, we've been, it's a, it's a question that's on our minds because we've, we've been doing it. We've been trying to go through and have a clear process for really starting that training. And uh, it, it's been going well, but it is definitely something that we're, we're, we're still working on uh, the, the exact answer to that question. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I assume having a, a solid coach is an important part of the success, you know, of the thing. Yeah. We've, um, we felt very fortunate of the fact that the, the people that we have are experienced coaches and it's, it's gone very well. We've, we've kind of kept an extra ear to the ground this year because we grew to get, you know, extra feedback. We, we we planned extra check-in meetings in the middle of the year with uh, with the heads of school to really hear how is it working. Is it the same level of quality? Really make sure the quality control is there. We're we're very been very gratified to find that it that it has been. Um, and so we we want to continue thinking about the answer to the question because we want to make sure that, that that always remains the case. And and I'm just be clear. I wasn't so clear on this. Is this a parallel to a program that the new teacher center is doing? For administrators or not? So it does not, the New Teacher Center does not have, um, in general, also they don't even have national program necessarily. So we've kind of taken a lot of their material and and repurposed it in, in a way that makes more sense for Jewish day schools. Um, they work much more, let's say they'll, they'll contract with, um, you know, a, a large district with like the Dallas school district or the Houston school district. And then they will do all of or a portion of the professional development for the teachers in that district. So they don't have like a national program that the Houston teachers are joining. They're contracting and then going into the schools, Mm. either directly teaching the teachers or more likely they're teaching the people at the district level who are then going into the individual schools and teaching the the teachers and doing the I'm I'm more interested like in the 
administrative, the program with which you teach administrators and the different elements of it, like the three buckets, is that right. unique to you or is that something that they're doing? It's unique to us. That's really not. They, they, they do have, you know, within different districts, depending on the need the districts have, you might have some administrative coaching and they might even use some of the same tools, like some of the tools that, that we use. But the particular system of like this is these these are the uh, you know, these are the areas and these are the it, it really is unique to us. And, and we've we've really formed it through. 10 years of experience with it, using, looking at what NTC has found that has been helpful. And we've, we've changed it over the years as well. When we find that there are some areas we say, no, we have to talk more about this. This is becoming really relevant. Or, you know, this, this area is, there, there's always too much. There's, there's too many things we can't possibly cover everything in, in the two years. So that, that always is our challenge is we only have so much time. And so, but we're, uh, you know, two years ago, we actually, made a decision to really revamp the second year of the curriculum based on some of the, some of the feedback that we were getting. And we really pushed more into uh, more leadership, more managing change in a school. How do you lead change in a school? Um, whereas previously we hadn't, hadn't focused on that as much. Interesting. Yeah. I was actually just going to wonder, you know, how has the world changed in 10 years? Um, the impact that COVID has had on leadership do you find right. that generally leaders are as motivated and as enthusiastic? Do you find that people are a little more beaten down? Or what, how would you characterize how you find leaders today versus years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think the leaders are still very enthusiastic, the people who are getting to those positions. I think two, two things that we are finding um, in the more recent, you know, more last few years because of COVID and post-COVID one is that some of the challenges that they're facing are very related to that. So they're, you know, the challenge of not being able to find teachers or the fact that teachers feel so beaten down and so put upon and, you know, how, how the same thing that they might've done five years ago said, Oh, no problem. I'll just, you know, this is a great opportunity uh, for delegation. I'm going to get a group of teachers together. Um, and sometimes now principals are, are thinking twice and, you know, Kind of correctly weighing and thinking, like, does that make sense? Can I ask my teachers to do this? Can I not ask my teachers to do this? That's been one piece. Um, the other piece that I, I'm noticing a lot of discussion now about the teacher pipeline. So I'm really starting to see a concerning piece in terms of the administrator pipeline. So there are more schools this year that I spoke to who said, you know, we were hoping to find a principal, we were hoping to find a vice principal, mm. uh, but we're actually, we couldn't find somebody. We, we are leaving the position open or we're, we're going to create some kind of interim situation. So I'm unfortunately hearing that a lot more often now that there's a real challenge in terms of the pipeline for administrators. Why do you think that is? I think it definitely has to do with COVID and po post-COVID for sure. I think it is a hard job, as, as you know well. And I think also, you know, there there are some challenges with that also. And when it's like such a tough job, and sometimes it seems like a little bit of a, you know, merry-go-round slash revolving door with administrators, where this one's leaving here and then they're going there, and then they're 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 jumping back there. And so I think that when people who are kind of a step down from that and they're looking to see what it's like, they're looking at the position, they're looking at what's happening, and they're saying, you know, I, I don't want I don't want that. I want more stability for my family. I don't want to be moving around every three years. I have children and I want to establish uh, things for them. And I think people are looking at the job and some of the unfortunate, you know, unfortunate realities that are sometimes happening in schools and saying, 
I don't think that's for me. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay in the classroom or you know, sometimes unfortunately I'm not I'm not even gonna do I'm not gonna stay in the classroom. I'm going to uh you know, I'm gonna become a more mor- mortgage broker. Right. I hear that. And is this true across different communities? Would you say like the modern Orthodox community, I know they have an Aliyah problem. They also have fine educators making Aliyah. Would you say it's true across the board, or is it more of an issue in the modern Orthodox community? I'm definitely hearing it in uh, in different communities. I think it rolls out in different ways. So I think mm-hmm. the modern Orthodox community is different than, let's say, the yeshivish community. Um, but I, what I hear from some yeshivish schools also kind of like a different challenge is that, uh, and there's been there's been a lot of talk about this, also, is you have, you know, even on the teacher side, um, even if, let's say, you have, you have a family where the, the, the wife is looking to support the husband in learning so that he can learn in colo for a number of years, I think they're starting to make different calculations. They're saying, okay, if that's the goal, then, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be, uh, right. I'm going to, for this law firm, I'm going to, and I'm going to make three times as much as I would as a teacher. So if my goal really is for my husband to be learning for longer, so it just doesn't, doesn't make sense for me to be a teacher. So I know I'm, I'm hearing from different basiacos sometimes that, you know, they're unable to replace teacher assistants because the pay is just so low. Then it's, they, they know, no one's, no one's going to go for it. No one's going to do the job. So when people retire, then, you know, now, now we no longer have an assistant in fourth grade because there's just, there, there's nobody who's going to replace them. Yeah. So if people are listening, so really there's two programs that, the Jewish New Teacher Project has. It's the administrator program, but they still have the teacher program too, I guess, right? right. Yes. And um, even though that's not your area per se, uh, I guess they're training teachers in a similar way over a year with mentors and the same kind of format? Right. Also, a two-year program, basically schools will send pairs of teachers because you get support for your new teacher. That's one one half of your pair. And then also for your veteran teachers. And I think the to me, if my administrator hat on, um, as I think about it, I think the benefit really is that you are you're, you're creating this expertise within your school rather than rather than getting it from the outside and then it leaves when it's done. You're creating this expertise in your school, and it's a really nice leadership opportunity for a veteran teacher. If you have a really strong veteran teacher um, who really needs more. Uh, and they don't want to be an administrator. Maybe you know there's not that opportunity available, but you want to you want to give them a leadership opportunity. So being able to train them to support new teachers is a really is really powerful. And then you get to keep them too after the two years, and they're mm. finished with this new teacher. Then then they can uh, mentor another new teacher two years later. Amazing. And I assume that the things you're looking for in a classroom, either for the administrator to reinforce and supervise, and for new teachers to implement, are the same. Is right, there's right? a lot. It's the same yes, vision definitely. of excellence in education. Right, right, and we use a lot of similar tools. We have people who will go through the mentoring program, and then we'll, you know, they'll get promoted. They'll, or they'll, they'll look for an administrative mm-hmm. uh, position, and and they will definitely see the same philosophy and, and some of the same tools. There's differences also because a mentor, you know, has one role. So a mentor would never um, would never say to a teacher. I'm very concerned about what I'm seeing in your classroom. That's really not the mentor's role. That, that would be the supervisor's role. But the supervisor does have to know how to say that. And so there are definitely other skills that the administrator right. needs that the mentor doesn't. But the philosophy of you know language and tools to co- collect in the classroom and be able to really support the teachers uh, in a way that moves them forward. And what does it look like? What, how, what does excellence in the classroom look like? How do you have those conversations, those coaching type conversations with teachers? Definitely very aligned, yes. 
This is really amazing. So there's no cost to the participants. Everything's covered, travel, everything. So it, 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 there is a cost, but it's, it's usually borne by the, the school, not by the participants. Okay. And it is also is eligible for, for Title II funding because Got it's it. professional development. And, and that also is a benefit of being part of new teacher centers. So they're like a, they're a nationally approved vendor of, uh, of Title II. So you know, schools get that kind of funding for professional development. And the program can be totally paid with that. And there also is a stipend for travel. Um, which now, you know, it's a national cohort. So for schools, we wanted to make sure, and now we have funders that wanted to make sure that um, people who are in communities like like Dallas and Houston are able to uh, to join the program as well and be able to travel into to New York. So there is also a stipend for each uh, traveler can submit receipts for flights or hotels or whatever. Amazing. Or, yeah. Amazing. All right. Is there anything else that we didn't cover about the program that you think we should make mention of or... Any other aspect of it? Um, I mean, I think the other piece I mentioned was a cohort piece, but I think, you know, it's interesting because that my research as well came up very much. And we find that also is a, it, that's very, a very powerful piece that not just that you're getting the training and not just that you're getting individual coaching, but that you're making relationships with these other, ed, other educators who are in similar positions around the country. And, and as I was saying, you know, it, it's a very broad audience which is great because you have people who are in schools that are similar to your own, which you get great ideas from. And you also have people who are in schools that are not similar to your own, which really expands people's thinking. And they really create incredible relationships uh, that, that last well, well beyond the, beyond the program. All right. If people are interested, where do they go for more information? We'll have it in our show notes. How could they find out more? So if you go to jntp.org, that is our website and it has lots of information there about, both the teacher induction program that trains uh, veteran teachers to mentor and also the administrator support program, which is uh, for administrators and all the other, uh, all the, all the other pieces that we have, you can, you can check us out there and uh, there's links to be able to email myself or anybody else working on the team. Unbelievable. Thank you, Rabbi Dr. Mari Gribbenau. It's so amazing to hear that the Jewish new teacher project with the administrator support program exists and it's providing such a great service to our educators. Thank you so Thank much. Thank Garfield. Absolutely. It was a real pleasure. It is certainly self-evident how much thought, energy, and effort is going into the Jewish New Teacher Project, both in terms of the teacher training and in terms of the administrator training. And one could really see how a program like this could have tremendous impact where it is taking individuals who are eager to learn, giving them great presentations about some of the key elements of successful administration, and then pairing them up with mentors who are able to take that theory and help them put it into action in a real and meaningful way. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Chinook Today. Thank you so much for listening and joining us. As you all know, we always appreciate those who rate us and share us. If you have any ideas for guests or any feedback, please send me an email to chinuchtodaypodcast at gmail.com. That's chinuchtodaypodcast at gmail.com. We also have started to have a small email that we send out with every new episode. So if you'd like to be on our email list, please send me an email to chinuchtodaypodcast at gmail.com and I'll add you to the list so you will get our sort of newsletter, mini newsletter, I guess you could call it. Thank you so much for joining us. 
This is your Achmiel Garfield wishing you a wonderful day.